1: Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays! I can see you on the Tuesday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
0: It's The Big Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake
1: Scott. Merry Christmas Eve. Is that how you're supposed to say it to everybody uh, out there listening? Gordo, how are you doing? I'm doing terrific, uh, Jake. It is Christmas Eve, and this is one of those holidays. Uh, I'm not saying this is the way it is for everybody out there, because you have folks who are who celebrate Hanukkah and uh, Festivus. For the rest of us, that was last night. That was it? Last night, yep. But, but it's still, however you uh, view this holiday... It's a special time, and and I don't like that word special, but 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 it is. It's extraordinary, and for a lot of people, and so it on Christmas Eve. Are you kidding me? You got to be in a good mood, if you possibly can. Now, some of our listeners going through tough times, we know that, and we recognize that, and we we wish the best for you. But uh, hopefully, people will be able to find some happiness, some uh, some peace around this time. Even Austin. Even. <laughs> you know, can we like—I I don't know how it works exactly—but could we have like a listener circle, uh, not like a séance, but the opposite, to bring Austin some good luck? Could the, we, I mean, the opposite of a séance. No, you know, can we conjure? Can we conjure good luck for Austin? So people just do what then? I, I don't know. What should we do? Can we all stop like, stabbing their Austin-shaped voodoo dolls? <laughs> That'd be a good place to start. Stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something. I mean, how about how about positive thoughts? Can we all send up a positive thought on Austin's behalf or in his behalf to help stem the tide of his bad luck? Yes. And it's not it's not serious stuff. It's just inconvenient stuff.
0: No, no, no. We always have to when we tease Austin about this. We always have to make that that clarification. Austin has bad luck. He's not down on his luck. He right. just has bad luck. Exactly.
1: If, uh, it's not tragic luck. It's. Uh, it's just you know people backing tractors into his house and right that kind of luck random like 1 in a million stuff that <laughs> the ball <laughs> baseball flying into his empty seat as he's taking his turn getting out getting water for his buddies. See now, I think
0: that is the best example of Austin's <laughs> luck. I really do. That, and we can tell these stories because Austin will be here later in the show, but he's he's not producing right now at the moment. But why that's the ultimate example of Austin's luck is because he, it's his favorite team, the Angels. They go to a game. It's not like Austin lives in Anaheim, <laughs> so going to a game is not a regular it's occurrence. A big, big yeah. Deal. yeah, it's a huge deal. He and his two buddies sit, I believe, in the outfield bleachers, and it's a hot. It's a hot summer Southern California day, and his buddies have been taking turns going to get water for everybody, uh, for the other two, right? And so Austin's turn finally comes, and he goes to get water, and he comes back, and lo and behold, not only had he missed a home run, (laughs) but the home run landed in his chair, yeah. In his chair. What are the odds? Austin is out of his chair for a total of like three and a half minutes for the whole game, and a home run lands in his chair. And I, I think it was his brother. We'll have to ask him or his buddy was like, hey, look, I've got a home run ball. And his buddy kept it, of course. Had Austin
1: just, you know, been at a different place in the water rotation, he would have caught a home well, first run. Of all, the chances that a home run ball is gonna is going to come your way is is that remote. But for you, to, for it to hit your chair, your chair, while you're out fetching water, that's awesome. It's just bad so, luck. See, that's just is, bad see, luck. So what can we do? I don't know. Anybody have I a suggestion can on be, that? I maybe. don't
0: think it can be overcome. I really don't. Funny, even even you, on this
1: Christmas Eve. For you religious types out there, it's not something you can pray about. No. It's it's not serious enough for that. Right. But, but maybe we can have some sort of, I don't know what the word is, Conjuring? Exorcism? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this in your capable hands, but I don't, I, I don't know, know I if did, it's possible. Was, just we got to do something for him. What's the other crazy thing that happened? I mean, there's a whole Which list. One?
0: Yeah. There's, uh, I mean, his pipe's freezing in his brand new house in the first week. <laughs> it, is, it, is, uh, it is remarkable. And then I, I think it was his developer who told him, like, oh, just get yourself a space eater and point it at the wall. <laughs>
1: Okay, it's
0: like this house was built last week, <laughs> not,
1: not 1920. Just, what are we talking just, about? Just build a f- campfire in a living room. It'll dry it right out.
0: Uh, Austin uh, getting zip tied uh, uh, and sat down on the side of the road because there was a, <laughs> a miscommunication with the title of his car and somehow it got reported stolen. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, all he had to do was, was get his wife on the phone to explain to the cops what had happened, because he just needed some corroboration, because the cops were trying
1: to give him a break. she didn't pick up her she phone. She was taking a nap. <laughs> I'm telling I, you, there are demons.
0: I'm pretty sure he got home, uh, and maybe we'll have to ask him this part, too, but I'm pretty sure he got home, when she was like, oh, I must have dozed off. <laughs> He's got cuff marks around his wrist. <laughs> All right, so we're sending we're sending good vibes to our good friend, good friend Austin. Mm. Maybe we should get him a toupee. Maybe Austin with hair has better luck than bald Austin. I hadn't thought of that. Maybe yeah. he could use it as like a new start. Like like now I'm I'm Austin with hair again. So I've got this this positive you know outlook on life.
1: Huh. Uh, although then it might be hair today gone tomorrow. Oh, that was a lame
0: joke. If there's anybody out there, you know we have a a. a like wide variety of listeners. There's anybody out there in the two pay
1: game? <laughs> if you've got a good one for Austin, well, I would like to see that because Austin's a handsome man. He's a good looking guy. I've, just, uh, so, I've never
0: seen him with hair. He's been bald the entire time I've known him.
1: Oh man! I bet he's you, you think that would bring luck? Huh?
0: He could be. You know, it's like a new a new outlook, a new perspective, right? You know, like that. All that happened to bald Austin. <laughs> This is Austin with a, a mighty mane of
1: hair. I thought. I thought. Uh, now, now someone's going to get like this big wig. You know, it's to
0: gonna... look good. Come on. That's why we're looking for somebody you know heavily involved in the toupee game. I thought if that you, knows if what you they're doing.
1: Someone's head. I thought that was supposed to bring good luck. Well, apparently
0: not. Not, not when. In case. Not when we're talking about Austin. <laughs>
1: okay man i'm willing to try anything because it's for his benefit it is for his benefit all right we we do have a lot to
0: do uh on the show today and we are going to try and keep it light we're going to try and have some fun we hope everybody out there listening uh is in the holiday spirit but we do have a bowl game tonight gordon uh over on the rock as they say Do they call hawaii that is that a thing Uh, I've never called it that. They're in in Honolulu uh, for a showdown against the Rainbow Warriors, so we'll talk some BYU football. Uh, We'll get into some Utah Jazz basketball, obviously, making moves yesterday, Gordon. It was... It was a really eventful jazz broadcast because the XM news broke in the pregame,
1: and it then broke we had right after I left the show, and I'm in my car, and, I, and, and I'm thinking to myself, "What the heck? What's going on here?" <laughs> so, what did you think when you heard that news? You weren't expecting that. I mean,
0: I wasn't expecting it, but I immediately understood it, yes. and, and we'll get to that coming up in the in the starter. But then we, it, it was the Jazz lost, I know, but it was a good basketball game. That was a fun game to watch yeah, until the end. Uh, you know, the ending wasn't uh, wasn't terrific for Jazz fans, I know, but it. it wasn't it wasn't a blowout by any means it was close it was competitive there was uh, there was yeah, the a lot je- of effort the
1: jazz sucked when they needed to be good yeah I, and I mean, let's say it the way and, it and is. certain like, players didn't play well yeah and, and especially certain players who are normally very important to the Jazz to play well. Yep. I thought you brought up a great point, Jake, when you said, if you if you told me beforehand that Dante Exum would have an off Donovan game. Donovan Mitchell. And, oh, We've I got Dante, Dante on the braid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I actually Don- made that mistake when yeah, we were talking yeah. earlier. <laughs> See what you did to me? I'm sorry. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and uh, Bogdanovich. I mean, those guys just weren't. And, and, and here's, a, here's a beautiful thing about Donovan Mitchell. Afterward, he said, I was terrible on defense against Tierra. Yeah, and he was he, out of... He admitted it.
0: Well, it's all connected because he was out of gas, and yeah. um, there's a reason for that. Uh, and then in the postgame, Gordon, uh, all of a sudden we see uh, Sham Sharania, uh throws out a report. Bam, Jeff Green has been waived. And then, of course, uh, we find out why from Adrian Wojnarowski uh, shortly thereafter, because, well, they signed a new player uh, right out of the G League. So, uh, Ray John Tucker who was uh, turning heads down at the Showcase in Vegas. Big time, yeah. And so, all of a sudden, the the roster transforms a little bit. So, we'll, we'll get into that. But it was a very active jazz broadcast last night. Ben Anderson and I had a, had a lot of fun.
1: There was no shortage of uh, topics of conversation. Do you think because the success of certain players for certain teams, like we saw good examples of it last night with the Heat, that young players, unheralded young players, are stepping up and, and and really filling important roles for teams effectively. Do you think that is um, bodes well for up and comers out there? You know, like uh, like this uh, Tucker kid. So let's let's get to the split, Gordon, because let's talk about this, because all
0: all this jazz stuff is all related. Right. It's all intertwined. And let's go ahead and get to it. It's time for the split story of the day. Austin,
1: two guys, two topics, two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day. On 97.5-1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Here comes a left-hand dribble by Ingles. Download a bear Baron Rudy has just put Myers Leonard on a poster. Oh, there's yellow tape under the basket. Myers Leonard is checking himself because Rudy just hammered on top of him. Wow. Trapping here on the backboard. And he throws it away. Fire for a three. Ingles, right corner for a career high. Missed it. Gobert, jam, follow. We have a three-point game. 103-100, 10.2 seconds left. And Spolster uses that final timeout. 107-102. Jazz inbounding down five with 5.4 seconds left. No timeouts left. So the Jazz need to hit a three. Miami did not be able to inbound. Then the Jazz hit another three to go home with a win. Inbound to Bogdanovich. Can't get the three off. It's blocked by Adebayo. Gobert lays it up for another two points. But they would be irrelevant. Very good ball game.
0: All right, it's ta- time for the split story of the day, brought to you by our friends at Sound Sleep Medical. Uh, check them out, SoundsleepMedical.com. All right, Gordon, the Jazz last night lost to the Miami Heat, uh, 107-104. We just laid out, uh, you know, all the moves that uh, that took place last night on top of the basketball game. Well, let's talk real quick about what you were just talking about with Donovan Mitchell and playing defense on Tyler Hero, because it was ugly. And Donovan in the postgame was was very straightforward about how disappointed he was in himself that he, that Tyler Hero was able to do that.
1: But Let, letting a rookie just school you that way? I, mean, I, I like Hero, by the way. He's yeah. going to be a good player. He's, He's a tough kid. He is. He's how good. Did he, how did he get—was he—I mean, what did he do in college?
0: Well, Ben Anderson talked about this last night on the postgame show, actually, that, uh, you know, Calipari there with Kentucky— they get he gets the best talent, but is he necessarily the best coach? And by the way, when you have all of that talent together, people have to take a back right, seat. Right. We saw that with, with Trey Lyles. Remember, Trey? Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about that because he was like the third or fourth option on his Kentucky team, yet he was a lottery pick, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So sometimes it's not always a terrific fit there at Kentucky. And somebody doesn't get the love that they should have. Cause he's really good. He looks good. I mean, the jazz made him look good, but Donovan Mitchell last night was a fatigue night for Donovan. He was tired. I mean, started he started out. Okay. He did. Yeah. And, and he got fatigued because Gordon on this road trip, he's played 37, 38 minutes a night. Yeah. I mean, he's played a ton. And, and why is that? Because he has to, yes. if the jazz want to win, then it's been required of him to to play that many minutes. Look at last night, uh, Gordon. Uh, you look at uh, Bogdanovich played 29 minutes, but that's not a surprise because he was in foul Probably trouble. trouble yeah. Royce O'Neal played 36. Joe Ingles, 38. Rudy Gobert, 36. Donovan Mitchell, 39. Yeah, too many. Too many. They have no bench. And Donovan gets no relief. Because they don't have the firepower coming in to relieve him, and he has to play 39 minutes a night. And last night, going playing heads up defense on Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero beat him because Donovan was compromised. And maybe it
1: sounds like I'm making an excuse for him, but he's been playing so much, it's crazy. And his minutes are important minutes. It's not like he can spend time out on the floor not being a center point. Right. Not that, but the Heat were focusing on him in a major way. Did you notice over certain periods in the second half when, when Donovan was on the court? Well, when he was on the court, with uh Moutier. he just deferred de mouier gave him the ball why because he was he was tired
0: yep well and then the, let's let's pick up your conversation about the heat and these young players for the heat uh, having a, a lot of success Locke talked about this a lot the heat are a, an effort team yeah. they're a try-hard team that's why Jimmy Butler is fitting so well down there because he's a try-hard guy that was his problem in Minnesota yeah. and he might have had an issue with that in in Philadelphia where his his teammates were not Putting in the effort that that the high standard that he holds himself to in a similar fashion as Rudy. Yeah. Rudy has a similar personality, right? Uh-huh. Goes to Miami, he's got a he's got a really good coach that demands a ton out of his players. You've got a bunch of somewhat overlooked guys. I don't want to say that everybody on that roster is overlooked, but you've got some overlooked guys like Tyler Hero yeah. that are high effort guys and out there to to prove a point. You combine that with an upper echelon NBA player, a tier one guy in Jimmy Butler. That's, that's going to be a really tough team to beat, and that's an overachieving Miami Heat team because they play hard. And, and I know that the Jazz were sensitive about bagging Jeff Green, and I get, get that. He was not a try-hard guy. Mm-hmm. He's not, he was not an effort player. I think you'd even maybe get some of his teammates to admit that behind closed doors. That was not his game. Uh, other players on this team, this is, the Jazz are not a, a real high-effort team right now. That's a fact. I mean, Bogdanovich is really good, but he's not necessarily a high-effort guy.
1: Uh, I'm not sure I completely agree with that. Uh, there have been lapses, I will grant you. But he, he seems pretty aggressive on the floor. He is pretty aggressive, but he also has a, a ton of talent and can beat you by getting uh, standing in the corner and sure. being open. And you know. You know, This is a very interesting point you're bringing up here. I think Jazz fans would just as soon have a high-effort team as opposed to have a hugely talented team. That Heat team is fun to watch. It's an easy team to root for. Because of the things you're saying. Yeah. And that's sort of been the Jazz's MO as well. So yeah, I don't think there's a lot of room for lollygaggers on this team. Well, it's it's
0: different than what it's been the past couple of years, where they've been the Miami Heat where they're, they're a real high-effort team, mm-hmm. and they, they win a bunch of games they probably shouldn't win because they're trying harder than the other team. And what will be interesting is seeing the heat in the playoffs, because usually it comes to catch up with those teams a little bit in the playoffs because mm-hmm. everybody tries hard in the playoffs. <laughs> but it's it this isn't the, the highest-effort Jazz team we've seen over the past couple of years. It's just not. I'll agree with that, and they're trying to recapture that. I think so, too. Yeah. And, hey, a hungry G-leaguer can do that. I mean, now he, he's got to come in and perform and, and play with his head on straight and not sink the ship when he comes and plays. But I'll be really interested because a, a hungry G-linger, like we saw Royce O'Neal a couple of years ago, that that certainly can can have an effect. One thing that's, and I think I expect Jerrell Brantley probably to be on the roster more than he's not going forward as well. But I wonder if they're a little disappointed whether getting out of their second round picks. I think they were hoping one
1: of those guys would be the hungry G Leaguer type. That well, won. I haven't gotten it so far, like you said. Yeah. That has not happened. And, but that's it's really, I like this, this sort of phenomenon, if that's what you want to call it. The idea that a player can, quote unquote, come out of nowhere. Yep. Because, uh, it, it, because the NBA for so long has been, well, either you have the great player or you don't. And if you don't, then you're screwed. Good luck next year. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so what, what's happening with the Heat, I think, is an inspiration to everyone. Including the Jazz, so we'll see if these changes make any kind of difference for them. The Jazz don't need these guys to come in and play twenty-five minutes. They need to come and give them a good fifteen to twenty,
0: right? Well, okay, let's let's get on to the the Clarkson trade because that's a good lead-in too. let's let's talk a little bit about Dante's exit and bringing in Jordan Clarkson. Let's start with Jordan. The Jazz needed to do something else, and we saw that. You know, I I can't say that Jordan Clarkson is going to come in and be an ideal fit and solve. All the jazz bench problems because we don't know. I mean, historically he's been a really good scorer, which is something that they need. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't do a whole lot of other stuff, right. which is exactly what they're trying to cure Emmanuel Moutier of, <laughs> great, right? Great point. So I don't, I, I don't think it's guaranteed that this is going to be the, the solution for everything wrong. But what it is, Gordon, is it's different. And Dante was giving you nothing, and Clarkson is going to give you something. Yeah. And it has a chance to work. And, and actually they really need it to work because I don't know where they go from here, but it's so. Something different because what they had was failing disastrously. So something different, I think, is a
1: major positive. I don't know if it was disastrously, but it was certainly short of what was hoped for and expected. Let me say it this way. Jordan Clarkson will work extremely well with the Jazz if if he can meld his game into what Quinn Snyder wants at the offensive end. If he's going to come in and be a black hole, that's not going to work. I mean, the Jazz do need points. and Sometimes I think they'll take them any which way they can get them. But ideally, he needs to apply his abilities offensively, moving the ball, being unselfish with it, both uh, benefiting his teammates and benefiting himself. Because if he does that, the ball's going to come back to him, and he's going to be able to get his points that way, if he's willing to.
0: You know what they might do at the beginning? Gordon and, and I don't know if this would be the whole uh, the whole season but remember we talked a lot about this a few weeks ago where do you do what Doc Rivers did a couple of years ago and that's play the whole bench unit at the same time and just cross your cross your fingers and hope that they can hold on for dear life until you can put the starters back in well if
1: you're trying to save them from playing
0: 40 minutes a game but but here's the thing it, they could Possibly do that with Jordan Clarkson and just tell him to go play hero ball <laughs> and and hope that you score enough points to stem the tide until you can bring everybody back but in. Is that they, really they, the he, answer? It might be because staggering the the thing that staggering has done, Gordon, and they want to keep two playmakers on the floor at all times. That's kind of been their goal lately. The thing that that does is make you play with a compromised lineup for longer. Yeah. So if you can if you can do a line change, then you can you can get as
1: many of the starters thirty minutes. Together as humanly possible. So roll the ball out there for Jordan and say, Jordan, go get your points. Keep uh, keep the either the deficit minimal or the lead intact, and then bring the guys back right. uh, in waves. Go score, go score fifteen points
0: in the twenty minutes that you're going to be out there on the floor and keep us in the ball game. Uh, with with these other guys that are so offensively limited. Like, Ed Davis is not going to suddenly discover right. an offensive game. But again, you know, that sends a weird message because you're asking Emmanuel Moutier to play eyes out, quote-unquote mm-hmm. eyes out, and then another player comes in and you're just going to hand him the ball and say, hey, don't, you know, hey, don't pass it. Just score. Uh, but, so, but, I don't, I don't know there, how you
1: make that work. But if there is a time when you integrate Jordan Clarkson in with some of the starters, Either because of necessity or because of circumstance, foul trouble, whatever it might be, then you don't want him doing that. So I, I wonder. Yeah, it's 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 maybe you can do both. It's ticklish
0: because you need scoring, but you also want to keep your team concept. Yeah. So it it'll be fascinating to see how Quinn Snyder decides to play that out. Yeah.
1: I I uh, is he capable of doing it, or is he a ball dominant scorer? Where uh, that's the only thing he can do. I don't, I don't know I mean, enough about talking his game. We've about Moutier and, and the, the, the adjustments made in his game. Can, once a guy is that way, remember, we, some people have thought that Mike Conley's a little bit that way. Right. So, here you got a bunch of pieces who have been trained to do things a certain way and have been valuable at times doing things that way. And the Jazz are trying to get them to do things a little differently if that's, in fact, what they want. Or they could go the route you just articulated. He's playing 23 minutes in Cleveland. I would think that that would be the max
0: he would play here with the Jazz. I could agree. be wrong about that, but uh-huh. I, I I don't see him playing That's much Gordon. See. Uh, hold on real quick on his stats, and then I'll give you his okay. dimensions. Uh, he's averaging 14.6 points per game, Gordon, 2.4 assists. Uh, 1.3 turnovers. Uh, 37% three-point shooter. He takes 5.5 threes a game. He shoots 44% from the field overall. He takes 11.2 shots per game. I mean, that's for a guy playing 23
1: minutes. It's a lot of shots. Oh. He's six four and 194 pounds. Hmm. So that's a guy who has the dimensions to fit into what the Jazz normally do offensively. Right. And I, I've heard some uh, some pundits out there talking about how he's going to
0: replace Emmanuel Moutier. I don't think so. No, I think I you're really going to see him playing alongside each other quite a bit.
1: Yeah. I, Moutier, they're investing a lot of time and effort in getting him acclimated to something different. I think so, too. They're not doing that. Well, maybe they're, there's a percentage of them doing that out of desperation. But I think they like this kid. Yeah. I think they like his raw abilities. And he's... He's trying, like you said, he's trying to do it Quinn's way. Right. And he, he appears to be very coachable. His plus minus last night was dreadful,
0: but I thought he actually played pretty well. Yeah, I did too. Um, and he I think he happened to be on the floor in that, that part in the... the, the what is it, the beginning of the fourth quarter into the third where it's really spun out of control for yeah. the Jazz. He happened to be on the floor at that time. I think that's part of the reason his plus-minus is so bad. But uh, he had 12 points on six of eight shooting, had a couple of assists, only one turnover. I mean, I thought he played pretty well. Well, it's But like... maybe I'm way off. Maybe I'm just stoked he came on the show last week and I'm looking at it through ro- uh, rose-colored glasses. No, but I, I think no, he's been I, playing yeah. a lot better. I don't yeah. think Clarkson is coming to replace a No, I don't either if anything i think Moutier, with his new eyes out style is going to be relied upon quite a bit to set up jordan clarkson mm. and we'll see uh, we'll see how uh, we'll see how that ends up working but i uh, do want to cover gordon also uh, the exit of one Dante XM as he now will see what he does with a fresh start in Cleveland he's under contract next year so that's nothing but good news for him uh, but in fact should we get into this is a bigger topic maybe than we have time for right now should we get into it right around the corner let's do it let's talk about uh, Dante his exit his legacy uh, with the jazz it is the big show 975 and 1280 the zone we want to uh, say a uh, thank you let's see here if I can find my reads Gordon which often proves more difficult uh, than not. We want to say a big thank you to Mountain America Credit Union the title sponsor of the big show Merry Christmas to them as well. Get 0% interest on all purchase purchases through May of 2020 with a new Mountain America credit card. For details visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. We're going to get into uh, Dante Exum, his departure next right here on 975 and 1280 the zone. <laughs> Dreaming of a wife. Merry Christmas Eve, it is The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, thank you very much for making us a part of your Christmas Eve. We greatly appreciate it. A lot going on in sports, Gordon. I'm glad we're doing the show today. Big jazz news, we talked a lot about it in the first segment. We'll get into uh, Dante Exum, that portion of the story uh, here in a moment. Uh, We'll talk some BYU football coming up. And I do need to uh, to tease this, Gordon. We found a, a list of the 10 best, or I guess you could say worst, Media bloopers, sports media bloopers of the entire decade? Oh,
1: that is... worth
0: giving a listen to. I well, imagine. I think we'll try and count down as many of those as we can uh, coming up at the top of the four o'clock hour because there's some pretty hilarious ones and it's Christmas Eve. What the heck? We can we can goof around a little bit, right? We so, we'll we'll get to that include including getting to one that I'm, I'm not really looking forward to because it casts <laughs> some negative attention on me. Uh, but nonetheless, we will get to it uh, coming up at the top of the four o'clock hour so stay tuned for that. Uh, from the Dante Exum side of things, Gordon, um, the Jazz were able to package two second round picks. To get this deal done for Jordan Clarkson We knew uh, Dante and his value right now Wasn't going to get it done on his own uh, Credit Dennis Lindsay um, and Justin Zanuck For picking up uh, a couple of Auxiliary picks along the way That proved to be useful uh, They got at least one of them in the Boris D. trade Of all things where they were just basically taking Boris's salary and he actually ended up playing mm-hmm. And they got a pick as a result So those those little things can, can really end up mattering But
1: the Dante book Closes with the Jazz Gordon what's your immediate reaction Well when he was drafted by the Jazz. The Jazz were in a different place. They were a developing team, a team trying to not skip any steps, and uh, they, they could allow Dante some room for him to develop alongside. He played every game as a rookie, which is ironic in a lot of aspects, and then thereafter he also struggled with the injuries everybody knows about. But his development didn't really come. It it, it didn't arrive. And so the Jazz were, were patient with him, I thought. Sometimes he didn't get all the opportunities that he may have liked because Quinn Snyder got to a place where he wanted to win games, not develop players so much <laughs> in, uh, in real games. And so Dante found himself a seat on the bench, and then he got injured again, and then he found a, a place on the bench, and then he played a little bit, then he got injured again. And so the Jazz are different now than they were when they were messing with him. They need to win now. They, their opportunity is now. And Dante is not good enough the way he's playing to be out on the floor. The Jazz can't afford to have a, a, a two-point game turn into an eight-point game because Dante makes mistakes or, does, or misses shots, something along those lines. And I can see why Cleveland might want him. Because they're in a different place. They're in a place where they may might be able to develop him more, and maybe that's an opportunity for him. But his opportunity with the Jazz is long since gone.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's not a good fit anymore. Here's here's how I'm looking at it, Gordon. You draft a project, and there's you know X percentage chance that it's just not going to work out. Because if you draft a project, it's it's a project because it needs work. Right. And Dante was that. Now you draft a project in the second round. And it doesn't work out like uh, Carrillo Facinco. You kind of shrug your shoulders and say, well, you know, we gave it the old college try and no big deal. But Dante Exum was the fifth pick in the draft. Yep. And the fifth pick in a really hyped draft at that, which I think clouds a few things uh, with Dante Exum. But one thing, that draft didn't turn out to be what a lot of folks thought. I mean, well, there's a couple of good plays, but that—I mean—that draft did not. What well, the Greek freak, I think, was in that draft, but it did not turn out to be. No, I might be wrong about that. Actually, I shouldn't say things I'm not sure of. But uh, I don't know, Gordon. I guess what I'm saying is, it, it, it's a lot tougher pill to swallow when it's the fifth pick. But you had to peel
1: that Band-Aid off at some point because yep. it—it wasn't going to work. And that's what they did. They peeled it off. They didn't rip it off. And sometimes that hurts even more. But uh, Dante w- was just he, he he did not become. Uh, what the Jazz thought he might be able to do. Remember when he was first drafted? You remember when they had, and I wrote about this, you can check it out at sltrip.com if you'd like, but uh, remember the Jazz had that summer entry they were sending down to the Vegas uh, Summer League? And they had an open scrimmage here at the arena. Mm -hmm. 10,000 people showed up. And Dante Exum was a big reason for that. People were excited to see the kid, to see what he could do. And I'll never forget, I was there, I watched that scrimmage, and I saw the the same things happened in that scrimmage that were happening five years later and I, I remember talking to dante about that after that scrimmage he said i gotta work on my shot i gotta work on my confidence i gotta work on my court awareness all the things that he's been working on for a long time but never really achieving
0: yeah he, he never really got any better and part of that is not his fault i mean if you're hobbled with an injury where you're laid up for months. You're obviously not working on your basketball game. Well, so, we, I mean, there there is that. And I think that's part of the reason the Jazz were so patient with him. And frankly, I think the franchise wanted him to succeed in the worst way. I, I mean, I think that's why they gave him the extension. I think they, they always saw the potential and they just wanted
1: it to happen in the worst way. Yeah, and at I mean, some point, the rubber had to meet the road. The athleticism, the quick first step, the defensive ability, all those things were there and the jazz kept hoping and the last thing they wanted to do was ship him off somewhere and have somewhere else and have him become a star for them right but it does take you got to look yourself in the mirror when you uh, when you trade a, a number 5 pick like that and it, it's an admission i think on the part of Dennis Lindsay that that just didn't work out and like you said there were extenuating circumstances i mean who can predict injuries he was 18 years old when they drafted him he played essentially what a year of high school ball yeah, and then he didn't play college, and
0: he had that year in Southern California where he's working out at some academy, and yeah, it was not
1: So you can understand why you can look at a player like that who has the quick first step, he has the athleticism, he has some defensive ability, that you think, okay, he's 18 years old and he hasn't really been exposed to what we can give him, and then not have it work out. I mean, it's a little bit like the baseball draft. A bit of a crapshoot, and
0: this one didn't work out. Very much so. And it, it didn't. And stuff happens. And we've seen it with the Jazz before. I mean, and it's cancer. Didn't work out. And we've seen others. I mean, it, it's, uh, David and Pat were talking about this this morning. It's, you know, hits and misses. You're going to have misses, but you want your hits to be bigger and more frequent than your misses. Right. And, you know, you hit on Rudy and with the 27th pick, and that's a really big hit. You miss on XM with the five pick, that's a pretty big miss. I mean, it's, it's going to happen. It's unfortunate in this case, because he's a very nice person. Dante was a really good teammate. He was really popular in that locker room. Uh, He was uh, apparently very easy to get along with. He was always good with us in the media. I always, never had a negative impression about Dante. Although
1: I did go up to him during his uh, sophomore year, essentially, when I I went up to him and said, Hey, Dante, can I talk to you for a second? He was injured at that time, and he said, I'm injured. I don't have to talk to anybody. No, that, that caught my attention from a 19-year-old. But look, I mean, we all got to know Dante a little bit, and it's hard not to say he's a he's a nice guy. He's a, he's a, you know you hope the best for him. He was an easy guy to cheer for, and
0: you can see why he was an easy guy for the franchise to give lots of opportunities to. But right now, they had a need. And the need was really hurting the team. And actually, if you want to look at it this way, he was one of the few assets that they had. He was he was one of the few tradable contracts that they
1: actually had and and were able to trade. That's why he was traded, right? I mean, he was yeah, and he was singular in that regard. And the fact that they had to throw in a couple second rounders in order to get Jordan Clarkson tells you that what the value was for Dante Exum around the league, a former number five pick. That's
0: but I mean, how many? mile swifts have there been you know whiffs on the top five they actually happen more than you'd think it just it, it makes it hard but it's not like it's a, a guarantee of anything and and by the way in that draft the Jazz thought they were getting Aaron Gordon and da- Dante Exum fell into their lap Dante didn't work out for the Jazz they knew well, they didn't know a ton about him mm-hmm. other than you know what they'd seen the, the scouting reports that they got him on and on and on it, it was a risky draft pick it, it was and it didn't pay off, but the potential was there. It certainly looked like, it and you was hope in. it still is. You're, you're, you know, where you're right on the money, Gordon. He's going to have a chance to go to Cleveland, who doesn't care about winning basketball mm-hmm. games. They are invested in you next year, so they have every reason to to develop you, as you said, and, and frankly, give you as many opportunities as you, as you want. Go out there and and uh, cost your team eight points. They don't care. <laughs> They're not trying to win. Uh, from a Cleveland perspective, why would they do this deal? Because Jordan Clarkson's too good. Seriously. He's he's scoring 14 points a game for you. You don't want that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, trade for a project. Why not? Who cares? And actually that could really work in his favor. And he's got a college coach in uh, the the old Michigan coach. What's it a B line? Yeah. So, you know, maybe some of that that college coaching that he missed out on that level, maybe he get somebody, maybe he gets a, a little different approach, you know? That's I, the whole can, reason can,
1: they hired that guy was for development. And, and I can certainly see why Cleveland made this deal and some teams would not but Cleveland like you said is in a position to uh to, to deal with it to work with it and the Jazz aren't in that position anymore and Quinn Snyder had no temperament for it. I um
0: I talked to uh, Ben Anderson last night a little bit about this off the air. Does it what does it say to you that the Jazz have done three separate trades in the last 18 months with the Cleveland Cavaliers?
1: Uh that there's a connection there between the teams.
0: Yeah, I I, I guess is, is Cleveland uh, Dennis Lindsay's pigeon? Oh God, he would
1: not want to hear you say that. No, he would probably be grumpy if he heard me yeah. say that. But in yeah. fact, if he were sitting in studio with us right now, he'd probably hit you over the head with a bat. And there's also been, by the way, I believe, two
0: different general managers uh, that he's made deals with in Cleveland. So, you know, that's two different regimes, so to speak. So how's he doing that? I think, he, in all honesty, I think the reason is Cleveland. Remember the, the Rodney Hood deal where Jordan Clarkson actually ended up in, in Cleveland at the very same time. Remember, it was their last year with LeBron, and they were underachieving a little bit, and they just blew up the whole roster yeah. because they they threw a Hail Mary that to make LeBron happier and make him stay, and it, it didn't end up uh, really working. But they were obviously in a position where... They, they needed to make roster moves there. Uh, the Alec Burks deal, I mean, they're in the middle of a rebuild, so getting rid of contracts was a priority for them, and we're seeing that again this time. So the truth is, is is probably just
1: coincidence, but it is three trades with the Cavs in the past 18 months. Here's another side to the whole thing. I think the Jazz had their eye on Jordan Clarkson a long time ago. I think they. Liked. I heard a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah, I think they liked him. So they got him in a time of need, and there's no doubt about that. I think in honor of Jordan Clarkson's
0: arrival uh, on the Jazz, I think you should get a Jordan Clarkson-like neck tattoo. Do you now? I, I do. I think you, you know you're at a point in life where, like, having a neck tattoo really won't cost you anything, <laughs> right? You've arrived. You're here. You know, you're the great Gordon Monson.
1: I think you should get, you know, a, a big old neck tattoo. So if I was going to do that, uh, okay, I need some help here. I mean, what, uh, uh, what kind of tattoo should I get? Well, what, 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 what uh, should it be? Like. Uh, a figure in history?
0: See, I really liked Deshaun Stevenson's Abe Lincoln $5 bill <laughs> neck tattoo. I thought that that you was like that, real ninja. sharp. I thought uh, that was
1: really sharp. Uh, hmm. I'm going to have to give that some thought. What would Gordon Monson get as a neck tattoo? You know, I've never really given it any thought. How about uh, the, the New Mexico Lobo? Uh <laughs> Should I get a ute on one side, a cougar on the other, maybe an Aggie? I don't even know what an Aggie is. What is an Aggie? Isn't it a cow? Well, that's, well, that's the that's the uh, mascot. But is an Aggie, isn't an Aggie a, a farmer? Like agricultural? Yeah. yeah. that's probably true. Huh. I'm sure. You want me to Google it? What is an Aggie? I don't think you'll find an answer, but you can no. try. See, maybe it's prevalent enough as far as a nickname goes to, to actually have a definition there. Got an urban dictionary uh, definition. Anything that you could read on the air? (laughs) Uh,
0: Derived from the A.G. of agricultural and mechanical commonly associated with universities established under the Moral Act of july second, eighteen sixty two. Okay, that much we pretty much know. You knew the Moral Act? Not that part of it, but we <laughs> Well, I think it was the Moral Act. What year was that? Hmm. I think it was 1862. Was that right about then?
1: Yeah, it was right during the Civil War. Mm. Who doesn't know that? Yeah, geez. <laughs> Come on. All right. We're I'm, ta- not, I'm not great at the game Smart Ass for nothing. Is there I, a game I, called that? Yeah. Have you never played Smart Ass? No. Do I want to
0: play that game?
1: Yak, yeah, have you ever played that? No. Oh. It's it's, it's kind of like a trivial pursuit. Is it? Yeah, you got to know your useless history oh, and well, geography. And,
0: maybe I would like that. I think you would. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, it is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We got a bowl game coming up tonight. BYU taking on Hawaii. We'll talk about it coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Merry Christmas Eve to everybody out there listening. We have a bowl game tonight, Gordon. Uh, BYU taking on Hawaii
1: over there in Honolulu. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on a Christmas Eve game? Don't really like it, uh, but it is what it is. I mean, because I mean, most people are fairly busy on Christmas Eve. Not everybody, but a lot of people. Uh, fans will will watch if they can. But it, I think of all the days where... People have conflicts and all the, the fans out there are gonna have to deal with an angry spouse, perhaps. That's not good. I mean Nobody wants to deal with that. Unless you have a spouse who is reasonable and understands your love and your passion for sports, then you're 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 smooth. But if you don't, you're gonna have to do some negotiating and maybe some navigating. Where where does your relationship fall
0: in this? Oh my scale? wife, she's she's she'll let you watch TV all day?
1: Well, <laughs> I didn't say
0: that, but uh, she she likes sports. I know she does, but but yeah. that's not what we're
1: talking about really here. Uh, I will be committed to certain activities. Not rapping, obviously. Uh, what do you mean? I do some of uh, my own rapping. Do you? Yeah, I'm a rapper.
0: Okay, all right. You you do your own, which means you, not you'll, all of them. you'll wrap the gifts for for your wife or your personal gifts, to your daughters, or whatever. But you're not like you're not doing Santa wrapping.
1: Oh, 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 I don't believe I you have, for a yes, second. Yes, indeed. Oh, no way. Uh, it's getting less and less that way. But here's the key to it: buy presents that are so big you don't have to wrap them.
0: <laughs> really? So so as usual, Gordon's solution is throw a little money at the problem. <laughs>
1: I, uh, just you put a bow on it throw some cash at it and we are <laughs> going to be good i don't know i i have done i'm a good rapper i am i am very meticulous getting it just I so i don't believe you oh, at oh yes all. i however in recent years i have i have uh not employed not employed but uh, uh depended on some of my daughters yeah, to help out exactly. in that regard how how uh, what what's the speed what's the Gordon Monson speed
0: factor on just like a clothing sized box what do you uh, think you you hammer that out in?
1: I uh, I've never timed myself, but uh, like a half hour. I'm not premature in my rapping. I mean, I get it. I get it done with just the right timing. But it's got it's got to look. Why do you have to use that word though? <laughs> it's it's got to look good. I don't want a sloppy rapping job. So thirty minutes. No, no, I can get that done. Forty five, probably in uh, two minutes. Well, we'll we'll talk more
0: BYU football coming up a, a little bit later on in the show. I everybody complained about the timing of the Vegas Bowl. I like that early in the bowl season. I like it too. Get you know, it, get, get it, it out of the way. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a it's it's an interesting enough game even this year with Washington and Boise State where it, it kind of gets bowl season started in the right way. I, I like the timing of the Vegas Bowl. L-
1: L- Christmas me, Eve's tough. New how, Year's Eve's tough. How important is this bowl game for BYU? Uh, I mean, they've had a season. A confusing season, a season in which they've beat teams and we didn't expect them to beat, and they've lost to teams and we didn't expect them to lose to. And so how important is it to finish it off with a victory? It's not.
0: It's not. I mean, we're going to look. I think the, the story of this season for BYU football has been written um, I think for the most part it was written as soon as Kalani got his new contract. Is uh, that
1: what the season was really all about? No, I, I but, think they, but I it, think they lifted the program as well. That victory over SC was probably—I would guess that to be the most important win of the season, wouldn't you? That or Boise State. But I guess that the, the culmination of the contract extension—I guess—is more
0: symbolic than necessarily. That's what the season was about. But that's like the—that was the measuring stick of success for Like, is BYU football heading in the right direction or isn't it? Right. And yeah. so by giving him a new contract, the university shows faith that we believe that you're the guy who has the train on the tracks and we're, we're headed in the right direction, which I, I agree with that decision. But that was that was what this year was about. Right. Last year was a step forward. The year before was rock bottom. This year, the progress had to continue and had they had to reach a certain bar. And in BYU side, they reached that. So I
1: think that's what this season was about. OK, when it comes to the quarterback, I say the uh, the program went to the hills, not to the mountain. And let me tell you what I mean by that, because you're probably confused right now. Extremely. They had a bunch of kind of medium-sized hills as opposed to somebody ascending to a mountain. Zach Wilson was supposed to become the next great BYU quarterback, right? That didn't happen. That didn't happen. And some of it was because of his injuries, but he didn't perform at some peak level. He didn't become a star. And so what happened? Because of his injuries, then you have Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney coming in and and you find out BYU's got a bunch of quarterbacks. But not great quarterbacks, just serviceable, pretty good. And Zach Wilson's among that group. So is that good news or bad? Good question, Mark? We'll talk more about this coming up a
0: little bit later on in the show. But coming up next, Gordon, the top 10 Sports media bloopers (laughs) of the
1: decade. I think uh,
0: Jake Scott might be involved in that. We're going to get to that coming up next. Stay tuned. It's the big show on a Christmas Eve right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.